calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to my vagina. Hey. <laughs> this is Jesse Karen. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. This is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. I'm just kidding. It's definitely researched. Cool. So we're here with Lauren and Eliza. Hi. What's up, Hello. guys? And we're going to talk to them about the Motherline Story Project because they are celebrating their third anniversary on September 12th at Town Stages. And one of your favorite vaginal hosts, Jesse Karen, me, is humbled to be a part of this amazing performance and night of fun. So you should come and go buy a ticket at MotherlineStoryProject.com. But let's start out by getting to know these lovely ladies a little bit. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah. we're so happy to be here. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to say. Thank yeah. you for coming. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we're bad at this. Yeah. You're great no. at this. I feel great. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite ha hashtag is hashtag doing great. Because I feel like Ooh. it's never sincere. <laughs> it's always like doing great. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, fine. It's going to be fine. My favorite hashtag is for sure the ironic use of hashtag blessed. By far favorite. <laughs> by far favorite. Followed Only by the ironic one, though. Yeah, exactly. Like if I stepped in like a pile of shit, hashtag blessed. You know what I mean? Like it's just, oh, I just love it so much because I just think about like the all of the other pictures my picture would be like friends with if you were to look up the top most recent posts and it's like so much God and then Rebecca steps and talks shit. <laughs> like, um, Lauren, can you tell us a little about yourself? Uh, I'm from Florida, uh, from Jacksonville, born and raised. Um, I came uh, to New York 10 years ago, almost exactly. I had my 10 year New York anniversary, August 10th. Wow. Uh, so I'm officially, officially a New Yorker because I know it's either seven or 10 years and there's mm, the jury's out on which one. Uh, so I'm officially, officially a New Yorker. Um, so I that makes me very excited. officially exciting. a New Yorker when you are mentally hostile towards to, subway yes. goers. <laughs> yeah. Or, or taxi drivers. Yeah. Like you have to bang on the hood and go, you know, I'm walking it. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the measure. If um, you have murderous thoughts about people who walk slowly or yes. you speed up going down the bridge on your bike yes. <laughs> when tourists are walking yes. in your lane. I'm not the only yeah, one. Um, yeah. So that's a little about me. I went to the university of Florida. Go Gators. Um, she's uh, dying oh, to ask you a oh question. God, please. So please go. So I see that you um, were 
an aerialist <laughs> acrobat, which makes me think that maybe you enjoy gymnastics, and it just so happens that the University of Florida has a fantastic gymnastics team. <laughs> yes, they sure do. Did you ever they go watch winners. them? No, I didn't. Oh, because the, the theater program like keeps you in oh, that building yeah. for forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can't really do anything else uh, in terms of like student groups or extracurricular activities because mm-hmm. you're literally in that building from I would say 7 a.m. to like 11 p.m. Wow that's a lot. Yeah but it was good it was a really great program I'm so so happy that I went there um, and uh, I have such close friends from that time um, that uh, I don't know that that happens that way very often. Yeah, it's uh, a big campus so too. so many of us like still stay in touch. Yeah. So, Liza, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm Eliza Simpson, and uh, I'm the founder of the Motherline Story Project. Woo-hoo. Yeah, you are. And I am a New Yorker, born and raised, um, but technically I'm from just north of the city. So uh, that's a kind of like sticky area because uh, upstate New Yorkers really bristle if you try to say upstate. But uh, New York people from New York City, anything north of the Bronx is upstate. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on who you ask. I'm from Staten Island. Mm -hmm. But when people ask me where I'm from, I first am like, where are you from? Right. Because it depends Depends. on how they react to me. If they're from Brooklyn and Manhattan, I am not a New Yorker. I'm a New Jerseyan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even though we pay the same taxes. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. But everyone else is like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, oh, you must not be from around here. Yeah, you're not from around (laughs) here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an actor. I'm a, a producer. I'm a... I, I run a an arts nonprofit and I'm a dialect coach. Oh, Ooh. a very good one. Oh, wait, <laughs> very so good. Is that I'm like a very good dialect coach? Accents and stuff. <laughs> yes, accents and dialects for actors, but also for non-performers. Oh my god, that's like my dream as a bartender is to be able to like fake accents to people and just fuck <laughs> with them all the time. But I'm so bad at it. But I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> Let's get together. We'll work on like five or six and you can just like oh my put God. them in rotation. Do you have any idea how much fun I would have? <laughs> and they're usually Skype sessions. So you can do it from anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So you don't necessarily even have to be in person. Wow. I'm doing all of your marketing for you. Thanks, Laura. You can see what <laughs> yeah, I do I really for the Motherline Story Project yeah. in, our, in our team. Yeah. So tell us about the Motherline Project. The Motherline Story Project is an arts nonprofit that is a platform for female storytelling. And... Uh, specifically the stories of our mother line. So going back through your uh, maternal ancestors. <laughs> and uh, it's a platform that work goes internationally. We hold workshops. The writing process is very specific. So uh, we get storytellers together and everyone creates a mother line story. And the mother line story is very specific. It's about two minutes long. It's direct address. It's in the voice of someone on your mother line. And uh, we usually have in each workshop a different prompt to kind of set you off on your research. Um, But from there, from that kind of tight structure, people run in a million different directions. And so the stories are always super diverse and specific to the person and specific to the place. Mm. Uh, When we travel internationally, the stories, you know, they're connected because they're all the same structure and everybody has a mother, but they're so specific to the place. And uh, it's it's a wonderful way to connect a group of people immediately, but also to kind of showcase how individual and uh, specific storytelling can be. I'm going to be home soon, and the kids are down the street having a play date, and um, I'm honest to a fault, and, and that, in my marriage, unexpectedly has been 
a big problem. How did you envision and then form this into what it's become? Like, what was the like the seed of the idea that it started from? Eliza was the seed. <laughs> You're the seed. Tell us well, about your seed. The, the, the project is based on a, a pagan concept that says that any woman, whether or not she has children, for the nine months that she's within her mother, she is a womb within a womb. So yeah. she is a vessel within a vessel. And so she catches things. So that connection back through the vessels is a very available connection, a very open connection, very powerful um, so instinct and trauma and power and pain and all these things are really strongly, potently passed down. Um, and, uh, I knew about this concept and, uh, but I'm a storyteller. Um, and, uh, what kind of kicked out off for me was that my grandmother moved in with my mother and they were under one roof and my grandmother had, uh, dementia at this point and she had radically changed from the person I'd always known uh, who was kind of standoffish and you know private person to this super cuddly affectionate uh, uh, stranger Mm -hmm. and I thought who are you I have no idea who were you before life made you the person that I met Mm -hmm. and I think I wanted to know her and I wanted to know her thoughts so badly that I came back to this idea this oh, I want to know what her voice sounds like and I don't think I'll ever get to hear it. But if the mother line is real, then I have access to all of that, all those experiences. And as a storyteller, I thought, great, I'll channel that and I'll create something. And originally the idea was, (laughs) oh, I'll make a one-woman show where I'll do monologues as myself and my mother and my, my grandmother. And then I thought... That's indulgent. <laughs> Actually, her direct quote was, um, this is masturbatory. Anybody would want to come watch? to see this. Like, like I should for, for sure write it. Like, yeah. I should for sure write yeah. it, but I don't think I should perform it for other people. Right. Um, but in, in one of the, the best, I think, like, lightning bolt moments of my life, I thought, I bet other people have this experience. And yeah. so... I reached out to my community, and um, one of the community was Lauren. <laughs> and I was like, want to help me do this thing? Sure, I don't know what I'm doing, but sure. <laughs> yeah. And we were in a show together at the time. Yeah. Both performing in the a woodsman. show. The Woodsman. In the Woodsman. Uh, I'm really happy that you guys made it collaborative. I think relationships with mothers are, in general, just complicated. Um, so it's beautiful to hear that, that you wanted to know who this person was before life kind of got to her in whatever way that it did. It's interesting to explore not knowing somebody and or kind of attacking a complicated relationship with somebody who gave you birth mm. or gave you life, <coughs> gave you birth. Also yeah. that, kind of Also cool. kind of yeah. Also that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, no matter who you talk to about it, nobody has a kind of blasé relationship with their mother. Mm-hmm. It's charged. It's yeah. a powerful connection, no matter which way it swings. So I think... I think that's a really important thing to examine and uh, there's a lot of healing, but there's also a lot of celebrating that gets Mm -hmm. done. Uh, Much more than you would think when you're like, oh, I could tell you some stories about my mom. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. They, because you are doing it in the voice of your mother or your grandmother, it Mm -hmm. gives you enough of a remove to allow empathy to come in, in this really beautiful way. 
Um, and another thing that I think is wonderful about the project, we have this tagline, uh, amplifying women's voices, mm. past and present. Mm. So not only are we getting to amplify the voice of the woman standing up telling the story, we are amplifying her mother's voice or her grandmother's voice or her great grandmother's voice. And generationally, they might not have been able to do something like that uh, oh, yeah. because of uh, where they grew up or the time period that they grew up in. Um, and because <laughs> being a woman is a relatively modern thing the way that we know it mm-hmm. um, in terms of being recognized and being able to do the things that uh, I was almost about to say things that we are allowed to do now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, OK, um, there's, there's some patriarchal language yeah, that, for you. There we go. There we go. It's still there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, off the leash now. <laughs> yeah. right? Now I just have a whistle. <laughs> yeah. And what are we going to do? <laughs> It's going to get crazy. Have, <laughs> right? Have you guys, I just thought of this, ever had the experience of having someone, a woman who was adopted participate and maybe who didn't know birth parents, how they uh, kind of tackle this project? Yeah. That's I, a, I mean, it came up almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and, and that I think is, is important. Uh, the mother line speaks to a connection and you need to, again, def- there are many ways to define that connection. Um, so uh, I think in one of our first workshops, we had someone who uh, knows both her birth mother and her mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wrote stories from both sides. That's cool. We've had someone who knows her mother but does not know her birth mother, has maybe a couple details about her birth mother, and she chose to write in the voice of her birth mother. And I think it, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to acknowledge the womb-to-womb connection and to explore it, but not, I don't think we're, the, the aim of the project is to, uh, to deify the connection or to kind mm-hmm. of put it up on a pedestal. Right. It's to use it like a tool and to reach back through the narratives and, and, and explore your own voice as a performer. Um, and to that end, we also have uh, people uh, in the project who don't identify as women, mm-hmm. but do identify as female. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have people who, uh, again, if we're talking womb to womb, don't have a physical womb, but identify with that energetic space um, or don't have you know, that are in transition. Mm-hmm. And so that our structure is there because the connection is present and powerful but i think it really is up to the individual storyteller to define mm-hmm. the parameters of that connection mm. because then, we've even had had a show with a gender non-binary performer uh and that was a first for us in terms of how do we make this uh this person feel welcome uh how do we change our language uh so that it represents everyone who's going to be on that stage um and I think it worked as an examination for them about the way that they felt mm-hmm. about themselves uh, and their history and their connection to their mother and sort of what that uh, process had been like. And that was fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. It was really, really lovely. I have a two-part. Um, one is uh, you both have really great radio voices. <laughs> <laughs> right? What do you mean? <laughs> I know. I was like thinking NPR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was listening to way too much Krista Tippett. So we're right? just like, Next on, on, on being. being. <laughs> and my question is, uh, I w- I'm curious to know about your mother's reactions to this show. Mm. 
Here that's such go. a great question. <laughs> that's such a, good a great question, question Jesse. Well, thank well, you guys. I think, <laughs> I think it's really important going. to acknowledge that Lauren and I are both performers and yeah. we do perform with the motherline, mm-hmm. but we have kind of dual roles. So we're performers, but we are also administrators of the project. Yeah. So uh, I think our, our, our families and our mothers react to us in different ways in yes. those two different roles. <laughs> and then I'll let, Lauren, take the baton from there because I think. Oh, goodness. Um, I actually, I would really love um, to have my mother here to help me answer that question because um, in a very strange way, opposite to kind of what we've been talking about, um, I would like to hear her voice uh, talk about this rather than my experience um, with with her um, because I don't know that we've talked about the actual. Um, we can call, call a mom. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Dial a mom. Hey, mom, I don't want to put you on the spot again. <laughs> um, about your secrets and your your history that uh, you haven't talked to anyone about before. Um, I think that uh, for the most part, she really um, enjoys being able to talk to me in this way mm-hmm. about things that I wouldn't necessarily uh, ask about. Uh, I use this example a lot, but um, the reason why we have such a specific structure at Motherline for the pieces is because when people tell you stories about their family, they usually are kind of rambling and they're like, yeah, it was Thanksgiving. We were drunk and I found out that my aunt did this. And I was like, what? You know, and you're like, cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so Motherline enables you to like really connect and get down into the story um, in, in a, a better way, I think. Um, but I think my mom really enjoys being able to talk to me. I think she enjoys my curiosity about her experience, uh, because it is such a focused thing. Uh, but there are things about it that we find ourselves not talking about. Mm. Uh, I did a, a specific piece where I, uh, had my grandmother send me my mom's wedding dress. Mm -hmm. uh, And I put it on for the first time in performance in front of the audience. And uh, in that moment, a bunch of things happened at the same time. Uh, Me as my mother's character uh, celebrated because the dress still fit after Mm -hmm. all this time, because uh, in the piece she was trying the wedding dress on before sending it to her daughter, who was going to do a Motherline Story Project (laughs) uh, piece about it and like how many feelings that that was bringing up. Uh, And then it was also my reaction as Lauren, the person putting on this wedding dress and going, holy shit, it Mm -hmm. fits Mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, And what does that mean? And so the the audience and I had kind of a a moment of riding that wave and it was it'll always stick in my memory, I think. Uh, But afterwards, I sent my mother a video of this piece uh, and I was like, you know, let me know what you think and blah, 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 blah. and I didn't hear from her. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and so the next time I was home, I, I checked in with her again. And I was like, so, hey, mom, I sent you the, the link to the video. Were you able to watch it? She's like, yeah, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and we basically ended the conversation by saying, you know, we will uh, we will talk about it someday. Uh, she's just not quite ready to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, talking about curiosity, I'm very curious um, <laughs> about what she has to say. Right. Um, 
And it brings up a, a very good point that we struggle with a lot of like copyright issues and who the story belongs to. Oh, yeah. Does it belong to the person who created it? Does it belong to the subject of the story? Um, who mm. takes ownership of that? Um, and as a performer, uh, is it okay to take ownership when it's not necessarily an homage? Yeah. Um, while still trying to be respectful to your mother line? Mm. Uh, because the stuff that we talk about is... Serious and private and um, often takes a lot of gentleness um, on the part of everyone involved. Mm -hmm. uh, so we recognize that as administrators and mm -hmm. uh, we hope that we are able to help our performers and our participants uh, navigate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big part of the project, recognizing that you do have a right to this story, mm. that it's your history. Mm. Um, and... I think science is catching up with this kind of old world pagan concept uh, and epigenetics is uh, proving how much we inherit through our DNA. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned the other day that uh, female fetuses already have all the eggs that they'll carry in their life. Yeah. So technically you were inside the womb of your grandmother. Yeah, for nine months Ugh. you were my brain is exploding <laughs> yeah. yeah you were around um uh, and it's and it's a very important and i think a very empowering moment mm. when you tell uh, a writer especially a woman that you have the right to this mm. and more than that you are the best person for this job mm. you are the expert on this no one on the planet could do this better than you can do this. Right. <laughs> no. That's huge. It's huge. And it's, I, I've gotten to see some really incredible artists do this project. I'm really, really blessed to have gotten to see a lot of these stories. A lot of them are friends and, and colleagues that I've gotten to see lots of their work. And I always feel like the stories I see in, in this project reach a height of authenticity and just artistry that I don't see anywhere else. Yeah. Um, it's always everyone's best work. It's and it doesn't have to be from a performer either. No. Uh, I, I think a lot of people come into this um, thinking they're going to have to perform their piece. Uh, we do workshops just for workshop's sake. And uh, we have people who are uh, performing with us sometimes who are not actors. And thank goodness. Mm. Um, <laughs> because I, I want to hear uh, everyone's story. I'm so curious about them. And I'm less interested in uh, what your performance history is. I'm more interested in what your history is. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's like the moth in that... There's a performance element to it, but it in no way demands that you have a history with performance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's got, and it's you, it's you. That's a big part of our shows as well, is that when we do share these stories for an audience, you come dressed as yourself. Mm -hmm. You start off the piece by saying, hi, I'm Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> so no one's confused. <laughs> right. And this is my, and then you say mother, grandmother, great grandmother. Okay. And then you do your piece. I want to hear from you about your experience because you're still like kind of a newbie to the mother line yeah. experience and family. So what is, what has your experience been? How do you feel? <laughs> um, I've, I feel amazing. I've been on a high. It's been really great. It gave me an opportunity that I wouldn't have done without this. I mean, my mom have, as a lot of women have had a very complicated relationship. And for the past few years, I think we've come a long way, but this 
when when you first brought it up and it, when it was it was for, first brought to me, it was suggested that I use it in a way to kind of not vent, mm-hmm. but to use it in a way that didn't feel as healing. And so right before I came in, I was like, I kind of want to choose a story that makes me consider what was going on in my mom's life at the time I was seven years old when she had lost two of her parents in the two months of each other. And then she was in the World Trade Center bombing and like what, you know, and having me at 20 years old and what all that meant. And so it gave me this opportunity to not only empathize with her, but to also find compassion for what her life must have been like then instead of holding on to this resentment. And it it's it was a really amazing feeling to kind of let a lot of that go and be like, there's a reason for things and there's putting yourself in your parents' brain for a minute and why they were agitated, why they were frustrated, why they did this thing or why they were stuck in a little bit of a, maybe an immature bubble for a while. I think mm-hmm. it's especially so. hard, you know, like thinking about where, where the time, like the time period where that story comes from is when you were really young and you think about that. And that's a time in our lives when, when like, I mean, we're always the center of our own universes. That's, of course, how mm-hmm. life works. Mm-hmm. But that's a time when you're kind of unapologetically the center and you don't yeah. have to empathize or mm-hmm. uh, be compassionate to the per- person around you. And sometimes I think that your memories get caught up in that moment and mm-hmm. like get caught in like the jello of that moment and you don't mm-hmm. get to see people through your new lens. Mm-hmm. And so I know that after, when Jesse and I were talking about it afterwards, she was totally like, I've never really had the chance to look at that time and like see my mom and not see me mm-hmm. because it's really hard Yeah, because you're the center of it. Of you're, course. Mm-hmm. You're a kid. So, you have your yeah. own memory of it. And then you're, and now as an adult, you're like, oh yeah, I had a bad day and I just snapped at that person. I didn't mean it. It happened. And then as a child, I'm sure you take those things and you snowball them. Mm-hmm. So instead of walking in someone else's shoes, walking in someone else's womb or wedding yeah. dress, <laughs> or wedding <laughs> dress. Right. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So I really thank you so much. It's, this is a really powerful project and I'm, I'm really, I was really humbled to be a part of it. We're really so excited. happy that you are. <laughs> the best Yay. is yet to come. <laughs> I guess I'm wondering, you know, whether you're noticing a difference between different cultures in terms of like how much access to story women have um, and kind of what the reaction in a culture like ours where, and maybe I'm only speaking from personal experience, but like where maybe women don't have the conversations, don't have the time that they used to. If Motherland's taught me anything, it's that we all have so much in common that the process of of motherhood has such deep connecting ties mm-hmm. all across the planet. And we are so diverse. Our project has revealed to me that no story is boring. <laughs> Um, that uh, women sometimes come to or participants come to the workshops um, and they're afraid if it's their first time. They don't want to share because uh, first they say, oh, I'm not a writer. Um, And everyone is. I can't stress that enough. Um, And the second thing that they're afraid of is that their story won't be as good or as interesting as someone else's uh, because maybe it has to do with something that Uh, traditionally is a woman-based field. It has to do with laundry or it has to do with doing dishes. Um, But that's not actually what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's about the complexities of being a human being. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you might mention laundry, um, but that's not the point of the story. Mm -hmm. The point of the story is always something else. Um, so I think that that's really important to stress is that we have noticed that these stories are slice of life, but they are always fascinating. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, a traditionally quote unquote female story or having to do in the genre of household chores or mm -hmm. women's work, mm -hmm. um, that, that it's just about our existence as human beings and how we connect with one another. Mm -hmm. And everyone has that wildly different, but also the same kind of togetherness of mm -hmm. being a human. And then each individual story is fascinating through its simplicity of just living through human life. And but something tied to that mm -hmm. is, uh, the first thing that happens after any performance, we usually have um, a, a guy come up to us and say, oh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> I have a mother line. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Bitch, sit uh, down. Great. No, 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 no. That's actually that's it's a great moment to be like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you and do, we man. can't wait to come see your production of that. Um, God, we are not so producing much. that. That right. is not the lens through which <laughs> right? we are doing mm -hmm. this. Uh, we are choosing to be a little bit more specific about mm -hmm. it. Um, and then they kind of change tack and they're like, well, um, what about like a father line? I'm like, that sounds great. I will be in the front <laughs> row. Do that, but man. again, yeah. I'm not producing that. I'm producing yeah. this. In talking to my mother once, uh, she was being a little cagey and I finally got it out of her that she thought that the mother line was anti-man in a way. Okay. And so I sort of, I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, like we so all just did we? that at the same time, by the way, everybody yeah, in this room. There was a little, a little baby I don't know if you could hear there. the eye roll over <laughs> the recording. Not, not at, uh, not at my mother, uh, saying that it mm -hmm. was important for me to hear as an administrator of this project, that that might be something that comes up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, uh, we say that this is, uh, by women about women for everyone, mm -hmm. because what we are actually asking the men in the audience who come to see this, we are asking them to be active participants mm -hmm. in listening, Yeah, mm -hmm. in listening mm -hmm. to an experience that might not be their own, mm -hmm. but recognizing that it's also theirs, that yeah. they are connected mm -hmm. to it. Um, and hopefully give them an, a different appreciation of some kind, uh, but also uh, that it's okay to hold space. Yeah. Um, and that women uh, tend to do that very, very well, um, be it nature or nurture. Uh, but we want to give that opportunity to um, the wonderful men in our lives as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want to recognize not just mothers, but fathers too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, they have their own stories. It's just not in this. Yeah. This isn't your space right now. You can listen. Yeah. We'd love for you to be an active participant by listening <laughs> yeah and the, the best thing is what that we do have many many people come up to us of both genders and non-genders and say i'm gonna call my mom oh and like that's, that's great. the real yeah, yeah that's what we yeah, really that's want awesome. people to go and find their own motherline stories yeah. and write them like write them yeah, we don't have yeah. we don't have any sort of domain over this. Go right. go write that story. We usually have a write your own motherline story station, uh, so that people who come to see the show uh, can write down like a little thank you note or a little mm. something and put it up on a bulletin board and sort of offer that up uh, in the evening. And I love reading them so There's much. They're so, so sweet because it's all ages, um, all ethnicities. Um, we 
we hope that we are able to hold space for like our youngest performer has been 11 at this point and our oldest is 90 something yeah i don't know question mark Um, she's definitely up there one thing i wanted to go uh (laughs) i didn't ask i didn't ask you don't ask i I didn't ask only because she was like polite (laughs) she was so formidable that i thought if i asked she might you know like wither me with her with her lightning <laughs> with bolts. her gaze <laughs> yeah like, uh, but she was amazing um I mean, one thing i want to go back to in your question was this sense of global um and international stuff eliza can speak to that very well uh because she directed our show in egypt mm-hmm. and it was incredible it was amazing we had a in that cast alone we had a 14 year old and we had our most venerable storyteller so far <laughs> um the the cast was 13 they were all Cairo based and they were all speaking in Arabic in some dialect of Arabic because some of them were Egyptian Arabic. Some of them were Syrian Arabic. And the the show had that that core and I couldn't understand. I had translations, but I couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was enthralled just over the moon. And I knew what was happening in each piece and I was engaged and Afterwards, one of the representatives from the the cultural attaché from the American embassy um, said, I was deeply moved. And, you know, my Arabic is not what it should be for me to understand everything that was up there. But Mm -hmm. and then she started describing the piece and how there were physical things in it that told her what was happening. Mm -hmm. And this is a woman who is incredibly powerful, but also deals in cross-cultural exchange every day. And it was like she was remembering what art could do Mm. to me. And I lost it. And she started to get a little teary. And the two of us just looked at each other and like, isn't that, that's so cool. So it, it really does. It, it, it's, it's got that core of, we all have a mother. Yeah. We all come from this line. Um, our mothers are all incredibly specific. And you know that tone of voice. And you know yeah. that tone of voice. <laughs> You're like, my mom has that, yeah. has that tone. It was Lauren, amazing. pick up your socks. I get it. Amazing. I got it. And <laughs> amazing, the audience in Cairo as well, that we had similar. Similar, yeah. the dudes going up going, man, that was my mom. <laughs> you guys do like a men's thing? Is yeah. It's like a men's thing too. And it's like, oh, people are so the same. Yeah. It's great. People are diverse, but people are so the same. Right, really and it exciting. connects everyone. And this, yeah, this... That's so powerful to hear that from somebody who's like, oh, right. Art brings this out of people and it matters. And it's one thing for us to say as artists, like our project does this. Mm -hmm. It helps you be more human. It helps you connect to your humanness. Uh, But to uh, say it and to experience it are two different things. Uh, So um, I'm just happy that I've actually had that experience instead of using it as a marketing tool to mm-hmm. say, come see this show and, you know, pay money. Um, because I firmly believe that that is what it does. I always feel so much closer to people uh, after I have seen them or heard them share their story. Mm-hmm. Um and that to me is invaluable. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how to bottle it any better uh, <laughs> than, than what we've been able to do because it puts yeah. people in context in an immediate way. I leave with, uh, after each workshop, a room full of best friends um, and sisters and mothers and aunts and yeah. grandmothers. Uh, and it's just a beautiful way, I think, to um, 
live life. And I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. Did Motherline advance in the way that you expected it to? Or did it kind of just take its own shape at this point? We have been like <laughs> constantly surprised by the project and where it wants to go. And because when it started, it was like a wine and cheese night to see mm-hmm. if this would work. And then the first show was, well, we'll, we'll put it up and see if it's interesting. And I think at every stage we say, well, we'll let's see if this works Mm -hmm. and it does it just complete Mm -hmm. it does and it proves itself over and over again and at this point we're just stewarding we're not in any way the engine Mm -hmm. the project's gonna go it's gonna go and go and go so we are like any good stewards like any good parents (laughs) in keeping with the birth metaphor we have this three-year-old uh coming out of the terrible twos (laughs) oh they were terrible (laughs) Um, but yeah we were coming up on the third anniversary of motherland's first performance and we are holding a birthday themed fundraiser happy birthday to you (laughs) (laughs) immediate tears (laughs) Tell us about the event and everything that's happening and plug all your social media. Yeah. What's going on? Well, actually, um, I want to ask you to help us do it, Jesse, because (gasps) you're going to be there and you're a huge integral part of it. So Um, excited. Yeah. Jesse's telling a story, guys. I am telling a story about my mom's and she's going to be there with a Staten Island accent. Yes. Oh, we can't wait. (laughs) I I hope she's bringing a whole Staten Island posse. A whole whole bucket full of Crabs Rockefeller. Crabs Rockefeller. I want it. Um, The nitty gritty of it, it's happening uh, Wednesday, September 12th. Uh, It's at Town Stages, which is a women-run venue. Uh, It's relatively new, but it's beautiful. Mm. Uh, This is our best and biggest show yet. We have uh, 17 cast members. Uh, so it's a huge, uh, show, uh, ranging in ages. Uh, we have one of our Egyptian performers, uh, who's going to be joining us too. Uh, so it's going to be as international as we love. Uh, we're going to announce our next season and what, uh, we have to look forward to in our next year as we grow. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's also doubling as my birthday party. So now you have to yeah. It's actually on Lauren's birthday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we sing happy. happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's going to be uh, signature cocktails uh, that are based on the pieces that you're going to hear that night. Uh, there's going to be oh a live God. band. There's going to be face painting. There's a uh, hug from mom booth. Uh, there's a photo <laughs> so booth. Um, there's going to be a slideshow of all the pictures of our performers um, and, of course, our world premiere performance of the Motherline Story Project. Uh, and then there's going to be a dance party and it's going to be <laughs> catered food and there's going to be tons of dessert and everything. So it's just, it's the biggest party we've ever thrown. Yes. Uh, hopefully the best party I've ever thrown. Oh, it will be. Uh, Without a doubt. Yeah. And, uh, and the best performance that we have ever uh, put forth. So we're really excited uh, and we want you to come. Yeah. It's and it's gonna be a blast, and the, so there's an hour before the show where you should come and you should ha- take advantage of the party and drink cocktails. The show's gonna be at eight. We're gonna just like dive into the deepest, coolest Motherland show ever, and then mm. 
end the night with a dance party. So like come as you are, mm-hmm. but come swanky. Swanky. Uh, come swanky. And you guys are a 501c3, is that right? You're a non for profit. We're a non for we are a non for profit. but how 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 fortuitous that you should ask. That process is so close to being done. Yeah. I can taste I can taste that O one C three. You know what I mean? Seconds. It's we're awesome. just waiting for the confirmation. Awesome. And as soon as we know, you'll know. Great. Yeah. But people can still donate to yes. your project. Donate. They absolutely can. Yes. Okay. And where do people get tickets? Uh www.motherlinestoryproject.com. Cool, that cool, will cool. be in the episode notes, so you could just go on down to the episode notes and click link on the, the bio. Yeah. <laughs> if you find that you can't come to our birthday party, we'll be devastated. But <laughs> there is another way to help Motherline Story Project achieve its goals. Um, we do accept donations, so if you like the work and you want to keep seeing it happen all around the globe, visit our website. Yeah, Give them your money. Yeah. Give them um, your money. And even if you don't have money to give, but you have a community that you think would be served uh, by this process, uh, please, please, please uh, uh, let us know. Project at gmail.com uh, because we would love to come visit your community and create this beautiful, unique experience, uh, whether it's in show form or just workshop form. Yeah, right. that's what we really want. Yeah. We really want to come see you. Spread the motherland love. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, You're so welcome. Uh, and thank you for letting me be in your project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Come very <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. So uh, look up these wonderful ladies on Instagram. Yes. At Motherline Story is our handle. Yes. Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Everywhere. www.motherlineStoryProject.com. You can find us. If yep. you want to watch some dope Motherline Stories, check out our YouTube channel. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and just come. And we'll yeah. see you on the 12th. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see, see you on the 12th. Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In your yeah. birthday suit. Yeah. Yes. Bring your birthday suit. Sequins, not naked. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about it. Sweet. It's <laughs> my kind of party. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. God damn it. It doesn't sound right when I do it. I know. (laughs) Places you can find us (laughs) on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. We're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends. And uh, Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. We also have a website, welcometomyvagina.com, which leads you to my YouTube page. Also, yep. Welcome by Vagina. Uh-huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things, but we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking know. for anyone who's not a cisgender man. We, yeah. We definitely want you guys to be allies, but right now we're looking yeah. for other voices. Yeah. And also we love uh, our white women peers but we're two white women sitting here so we'd love more diverse voices also thank you so much to our producer uh caitlin moldenhauer of more banana productions please check out all of the work from this all women network including world stealers there will be porn i'm listening with anita flores and awkward sex in the city with natalie wall which is coming to you in july yeah more banana production is killing it yeah guys we're kind of taking over the world and don't forget to review us and subscribe and tell your friends yeah and we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. <laughs> Merkin merch. Also check out all of Rebecca's writing at franklyrebecca.com. Dun, da, da. Dun, da, da. Yeah. All right. And See email you us. next Tuesday. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs>